Hello, high school hockey fans. Welcome back to edition number two of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm Mike Hammett. Let's go and say hello to the boys. Bill Jr., Burglar, and Dell. How you doing, fellas? Well, second week of hockey for us on doing our podcast, so. Doing all right. Yeah. You guys got any snow up there? A little bit, but it'll be gone in two days. Okay. Well, Bill Jr., Burglar, you guys went and seen the Northwest Iceman and D.C. Everest. And Dell will tell us about the icebergs in Cap City. So let's go ahead and start with the, the Team Burglar and uh, hear about that game, Iceman taking on D.C. Everest. Sure, we definitely didn't have ulterior motives for covering that game. It was Skate with the Evergreens night for Everest Youth Hockey that night, so uh, my daughter Lorelai hijacked uh, Everest captain uh, Charlie Thompson for about 10 laps or 25 minutes around the ice uh, before the game. That was pretty cool. Uh, he hung out with her the whole time, and she chatted his ear off. Uh, then the game got underway, and the first period was really good. Shots were even. Everest got one power play goal uh, against the Northwest Iceman, who I did not realize have Iceman written four times on their jerseys. Uh, they've got it on the front, they've got it on the back, and they've got it on each shoulder. Uh, Burglar and I were discussing, and we think that might be a bit excessive. If they change the Iceman on the back to, like, instead of player names, because they don't have player names, that's where one of the Icemen is written, like, Ice Dude, Ice Guy. Ice Meister, you know, different names for each of the players. They've got Iceman written too many times. The, the Eisenheimer. You know, the cat, the captain could be Ice Meister. You know, the coolest guy could be, you know, Ice Cube. Uh, one of the prisons here could be Ice T. They could have a lot of things with that. They could. Can you have the Ice Flow? Yeah, they could have the Ice Flow for the guy with the best hair. <clears throat> um, first period, really good, really good period of hockey. The second period, the wheels kind of fell off for the Iceman. They didn't come out with the same verve they had in the first period. And the Evergreens uh, came out as hot as they'd been all season, according to Coach Dan Van Slyke. They just dominated the second period, uh, scoring five goals in the period. And they added four more in the in the third to make it 10 to nothing after what was a very, very good one period of hockey. Um, Coach Van Slyke said that um, those two periods were better than any of the, the seven previous periods, the, the first period and the first two games of the season they had uh, of that season, uh, of the season energy-wise, um, they really took it to him. And, you know, for his part, Coach Enquist of the of the Ice of, of the Icemen said that really they've, they're an underclassman-heavy team and uh, it just kind of shows their underclassmen what it takes to compete uh, at the varsity level. Uh, you know, right there with them in the first period, but then they let up after that first intermission and um, really got it taken to them. Uh, so that's all there was in that one. Uh, DC Everest took a 10 to nothing win. Two players on the Evergreens ended up with hat tricks in that one. And then we'll go over to Dell for the, the girls' side. Thank you. Uh, I made the trip down to the ice pond at Wanakee to watch the icebergs played the Cap City Cougars and got there and I didn't see the jerseys that I expected to see the Cougars wearing and saw that they were actually having a cancer awareness game night. 
So they actually work out two ways with it being the game of the weekend, you know, a little recognition for their cancer awareness game. And this was a game that was dominated by Cap City. They uh, basically outshot the icebergs throughout the game, 83 to 10. And, but even with that, they, you know, at the end of the first period, it was a one to nothing game. Uh, and that was off of a power play goal. And then the second period, they scored uh, two even strength, the two shorthanded goals, and followed by another even strength goal in the third period to go on to their six to nothing win. The one thing that I, you know, the, you know, with the shots being like that, you know, 90% of the game was played in the offensive zone for the Cougars, but the icebergs battled the whole game. They, it's not like they quit skating or anything else. They just had a hard time trying to clear the puck out of the zone. Uh, but, you know, it was a good game to watch when you knew what it was for. But at the same time, you kind of felt bad for the icebergs not being able to clear it out. And, you know, it's early in the season. Uh, only the third game for the icebergs, and I think it was probably like the fourth or fifth for Cap City. Uh, the icebergs' first two games of the season were against the Warbirds. And so, you know, they opened up with some tough games to open their season. And I'm sure they'll improve as the year goes on. And with that, I'm going to toss it back on over to MJ. All right. Thanks, Dell. I'm peeking in at the uh, icebergs tonight playing the Rock County Fury down in Beloit and uh, still not having much luck. Uh, Beloit's uh, Rock County has a 7 nothing lead. So they got an early touchdown, and so far they've kind of cruised with it. So, uh, you know, keep working. Our Best Western Players, Best Western Premier Park Hotel Players of the Week. Let's be uh, proper about it. Who wants to take this one? I've got that, MJ. Um, our Best Western Premier Park Hotel Player of the Week on the boys' side is Henry Vick, the goalie for Beaver Dam. Uh, his first action this season, he took over uh, one shot into the third period uh, against Marquette. Uh, Beaver Dam was already down 6-1 to one at that point. He stopped the six, the six shots he saw in that game. Uh, and then he started two games after that. In the first, on the 25th, he stopped 30 of 31 in a 4 to nothing win over McFarland. And then on the 30th, he stopped 41 of 42 in a 5-1 to win over Wanaki. Uh, so for his total in two-plus games, he has 77 saves and two goals against. Uh, also nominated for the boys were Drew Sparacino of Brookfield, the defenseman, and Mason Kelm of uh, the Avalanche Co-op, a goalie. And our girls' best Western Premier Park Player of the Week is uh, Emma Kligora of uh, Rock County, if I remember correctly, she was nominated every week last season. Uh, if not, that's what it felt like. On the 18th, she had two goals and two assists in a 7-4 to loss to the Fox City Stars. The 24th, she had two goals and an assist in a 3-0 win over Brookfield. Again on the 24th, she had two goals in a 3-2 win over Arrowhead. On the 25th, that's three games in two days. She had a goal and an assist in a 5-1 to loss to Lakeshore. And then on December 2nd, she had three goals and an assist and a 5 to nothing win over Viroqua. Uh, so for the season, she has 10 goals and four assists for 14 points. 
on a team that has scored 16 goals. Uh, so the, the Rock County Fury have scored two goals that Emma Clagora did not have a hand in so far this season. And that's our Players of the Week. Players of the Week. You know, to have your hand in 14 of the 16 goals, you know, they're going to be leaning on her a lot this year for uh, where they want to go. And uh, at this point, I'd say Emma's up to the challenge. Uh, hopefully, you know, they get some help. It's going to be a... It's tough to go very far when one player is scoring 95% of your points. Yeah, they have a... Uh, I believe they have a small senior class, so a um, little bit probably underclassmen heavy. Hey, those uh, top tens, Junior. They're coming next week. You know, I've kind of been sniffing around looking at scores and stuff. And, boy, they're – you know, honestly, I don't really see anybody who's a standout team at this point yet in the season. I mean, you knew last year, you knew Notre Dame was going to be, you know, was going to be a number one team probably most, if not all the year, which they were. But, I, you know, I, I don't see that this year. Well, there's a reason that we don't start doing top tens until the second week in December. Uh, we give it some time to breathe. I mean, I would have said Eau Claire Memorial was looking pretty strong, but they lost one to nothing to River Falls. Yeah, I did see that. And they did outshoot thirty-nine to eighteen. Uh, but you got to put the puck in the back of the net if you want to win. I, I was kind of thinking the same thing, and then I saw that one nothing score. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, upcoming games of the week. Uh, tomorrow night I'll be here in town to see the Janesville Bluebirds kit play KMMO. Um, have I'll have that one. I'll take care of pictures and write ups. And Thursday, Badger Lightning. Dell, is this one you're going to? Yep, I'm going to go over there and catch uh, the Rock County Fury uh, against the Badger Lightning in a Badger Conference game. Uh, Badger Lightning currently are sitting with a one and three record, uh, while uh, Rock County sitting at three and two, probably be sitting at four and two going into that game on uh, Thursday night. Uh, so it's a fairly close game, so I don't have to travel very far to get to it. But I will be having to get there right from a county meeting that night. So enough to keep me busy. I was looking through uh, the Wanakee uh, page on the site, and I believe it's I believe he played at Mosinee. Chase Drake, Bill Junior. Do you remember Chase Drake? Name sounds familiar. Yeah, I do. They, Mike Mosini went to state his senior year. Had Ethan Nauman on his team, I think. Um, yeah, Chase Drake's the head coach at Wanakino. Um, final thoughts. I want to throw something out here for you guys. Uh, Junior, you, you sent out a message today about the IIHF. Um, talking about making neck guards 
mandatory. Well, they're not just talking about it. They're doing it. Yeah, right. I just kind of wonder here, here at the high school level here in Wisconsin, you know, with the uh, unfortunate happening to the player who was playing in the league in England, um, how you know, do kids even or parents even start to think about um, saying, hey, I want you to wear this? Well, yes and no. Um, I coach eight U's, and there are 68, I think, in Everest Youth Hockey this year. I could probably count on one hand how many of them wear a net guard every day. I mean, oh, I don't, it's, it's hard to see kids under their helmet with shoulder pads on and stuff, so you can't always tell. <laughs> but I don't see a lot of a lot of net guards. Um, well, you see, you see the guys who you know as they grow and mature. There's you know their neck probably becomes a little bit more uh, exposed. And I'm, honestly, I'm kind of surprised that this uh, hasn't come up before. Um, you. Well, Every once in a while, you hear about somebody getting seriously cut. You do um, hear about, I mean, and I mean, USA Hockey has stressed for many years that people should be wearing cut protective equipment, and that's not just on the neck. Uh, the base layer that that most people wear, um, at least competitive hockey players wear, under their gear has some cut resistance to it in the wrist area, in the leg area, those parts that could be exposed. Uh, most hockey socks are at least semi-cut resistant now um, to stop from a, a serious injury. They won't actually stop you from getting cut, but they'll stop you from getting, you know, cut deeply. Um, whereas, you know, the neck guards will stop you from being cut at all, or at least redirect the cut away from the the serious veins in your neck uh, up into the more fleshy bits. Uh, but you know, it's it, it 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 becomes a thing every time it happens. Uh, what what happened to Adam Johnson over in England, and uh, every time it happens, it becomes a discussion, and then it doesn't happen for you know a year or two, and the discussion dies down, and then it'll happen again, and the discussion will pick back up. Um, but you know, until the- until USA Hockey makes it mandatory, it, it's not going to become a thing. And at the high school level, that wouldn't matter. The NFHS. Or the WIAA would have to do it for Wisconsin. But you don't you don't think that many you don't think many kids at the high school level have a thought, you know what, maybe I should wear one of these, you know, just to be safe. They might think it, but most kids at the high school level don't wear their helmets properly. <laughs> you watch enough high school games, how many kids have their face mask positioned so that it sits like a full two inches off their chin? you know, sticking out and it's, that's, that chin guard is supposed to be on your chin. That's not right. just for fun. That's actually part of concussion prevention. The mask is supposed to fit properly in a certain way. How many kids actually wear their helmets properly? It's the minority. Well, I mean, let's just look at the mouth guard situation. How many of the kids are actually wearing the mouth, had the mouth guards the way they're supposed to? Half of them have it half out of their mouth and everything else. And, you know, mouth guards are one of the things that, if it's worn properly, it's supposed to help against concussions, too, because of that. Yep. And I think most people just think that's there for your teeth. And why do I need it for my teeth? I got this mask in my face. 
but the mouth guard has more than just your teeth. It is another concussion prevention measure by by holding your jaw in place. Um, so, I mean, there are obvious things that, that people ignore now in the name of safety because they're like, that's a problem for somebody else. Or, you know, in the case of some kids, it's sure like, I want to, I'm tough. I don't need it. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's in some people's minds, but it's not something they think about that often. And, you know, the, the number of players who get their next, their next cut, because it, it, at any level that it happens, it becomes news if you hear about it. It doesn't happen that often. So people don't think about it as an immediate need. Well, the, the other thing is, is, you know, um, I don't expect a high school player to be thinking about it because high school, 20 year olds, you know, they're indestructible. Just ask them. I mean, you know, that's the way, you know, that's the way we all were at that age. So, yep. like even in our, in our men's group, I have a neck protector built into the, the base layer shirt I wear under my equipment. Um, off the top of my head, I think I can only think of one other player who wears neck protection on the ice. Have you always worn one junior? No, I just, I bought a new, the shirt, the base layer shirt I'm wearing now is two years old because I only skate once, you know, with it once a week. So it lasts a while. Uh, I replaced the one I had before, which didn't have neck protection built in. When I bought a new one, to be perfectly honest, I was shopping for them. I grabbed one that was on closeout and in my size, and it had the neck protector built in. It's not something I thought about. You know, and Dell brought up the point about mouth guards. Yeah, some of those mouth guards on kids can look pretty ratty uh, after hanging out of their mouth. And it still disgusts me when it falls out on the ice and they throw it right back in their mouth. It just. I mean, Burglar pointed out. I think it was during Thanksgiving, the Packer game with the Lions. Was it one of the Lions player who had his mouth guard stuck in the hole in the top of his helmet? You could watch every offensive play on in the NFL, and half the receivers do not have the mouth guard in. It's hanging out to the, out to the side and stuff. So, so I mean, I mean. People already don't wear the protective equipment they're supposed to. The nice thing about a neck protector, if it's mandated, is it's really hard not to wear it properly. It's either on or it's not. It's not like a mouth guard where you can hold it in the side of your mouth. They, uh, yeah, the mouth guard thing is is important. And, you know, you ever chipped a tooth? It's very uncomfortable when you do it. So... You know, keep those things in your mouth. Um, who wants to take a take another thought or leave one? I believe we got the first email of the season this week on the Hobie Baker High School Character Awards. Yes, we did. So those are those have been sent out to coaches. Uh, we'll get it posted on the site here in the next couple of days. Obviously, it gets sent to the coaches anyway, so it's not a super high priority to get the, the thing up on the website, but we'll get it up there uh, as soon as we get around to it. But that's out there for coaches. Once again, we're aiming – Wisconsin is typically one of the higher, if not the highest, 
uh, in the country uh, every year, but we're always aiming for 100%. And um, if your team doesn't have a, a senior who's not an asshat, you got to ask yourself what you're doing. Uh, and if your team has a senior who's not an asset, submit the nomination. It's not that hard. Um, you know, these are good kids. They're playing hockey. Generally speaking, kids who compete in extracurricular or do extracurricular activities, not necessarily compete in, um, are, you know, upstanding members of the high school community. And uh, those that are should be recognized as such. So if you're a coach, send in your nomination. And then as far as things being sent in, I'd like to say thank you to the coaches and uh, that did send in their holiday tournament things. We do have a page up. I think we got like six or seven tournaments listed on there right now and stuff. So if your team's not, is in a tournament and that's not in our article, please get it to us and we'll get it added to it. Burglar's been pretty quiet tonight. Usually he's got something to say. Yeah, Burglar's got bronchitis. I've been, I just been on mute Aye. the whole time. So Okay. All right, we'll leave you alone. He got himself sick on his trip to Somerset and Eau Claire, and then you know he started feeling better, and we got him sick all over again by making him go to Everest and watch Lorelei skate around for ninety minutes before a hockey game, and he's still there. It wasn't the Patron. No. <laughs> Dell, anything you want to finish up with? No, I I'm good to go. Okay, well, I guess I'll go ahead and take it home. For the Berg fellas and Dal Scanlon, I'm Mike Hammett. Next week, we'll be back with the first top five of the season. We'll have it right here on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Top six.